Rog. Can you hear me? I can hear you, mate. How are you? All right. How are you going? Good, mate. So um, I just wanted to test that. Yeah. So we'll get started, eh? We won't, won't go too long. Yeah. No. What have we, uh, what have we got in store? Uh, a few questions, mate, seeing you're the knowledge, more knowledge than me. <sighs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so we'll just start it. So, so welcome everyone to the first podcast, Sydney and New South Wales Country Rugby. Uh, special guest, Mr. Perpetual Motion from uh, Gordon Rugby, the mighty Justin Rogie. How are you, Justin? I'm all right, Greg. How are Looking forward to it. Obviously, special to be on here for the first time. Uh, but obviously, as I said, looking forward to it. So hopefully we can get some rugby started soon. That's it, mate. So how have you been coping with the uh, lockdown? It's been uh, pretty long and painful. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, obviously, just a bit, bit of work. But, uh, yeah, there's not much you can do, is there? You basically just got to ring your mates each day and uh, go for a couple of walks a day. But other than that, it's just... Staying at home and um, contributing to society, obviously. So, yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, same, mate. I just don't. Uh, luckily, I've still been working um, only a few days a week, but luckily it's been uh, been okay. Uh, been 12-hour days. We've been trying to pump the hours in. So, uh, you know, it's been pretty good overall. I, you know, I don't know. I'm a bit anti-social anyway, so it's probably suited me a little bit more than others. Um so anyway, mate, just uh, I thought I'd just uh, ask a couple of questions. Could a lot of people out there probably don't know much, don't know you as well as I do. Yeah. So, so as we know, you played you played for Gordon what now for what quite a few years? What about six seven years? Probably um, probably longer now. Um, probably yeah. yeah nine ten years now. So yeah, ever since I pretty yeah. much left school. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So you're, you're obviously you're over. You, you hit the hundred grade games during the last season. Yeah. Um, so who was your junior club, George? Uh, Warunga, Warunga Tigers. So, yeah, Warunga. Played there since I was uh, six year old. Um, but yeah, still actually visit there when I can. Um, obviously, a pretty, pretty big part of my life for a long time. But yeah, so try to get there whenever I can. Or rugby's been a big part of your life. You also, we all know, or some of us know, that you're a very, uh, very good cricketer. Played first grade cricket for quite a while. Um, why you haven't played for New South Wales? We don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't fit the image, mate. Would that be about right? Uh, maybe no ability either. But yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cricket's cricket and rugby, obviously, a big part of my life. Um, played a lot of both of those sports. So yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah, it's good. So, and your brother plays plays cricket as well. Same club? Yeah. Uh no, different club, different club. But um, he we both played at Norse for a long time. Yeah. And, um, I went and played for Sydney, which is based at Tremont Oval, where Wes will be playing this year. Um, yeah. And then um, he went to Mossman. He's actually just went to Northern Districts last year, which is where the old Hornsby club were. Um, Hornsby rugby. Right. So, um, yeah, he changes a bit more than me, but um, yeah, he obviously plays as well. It's a very good player. I think I've seen you play a couple of times. Um, tell us about your um, because I, I think from right, am I right? Your dad played for Norse rugby. Gordon rugby. Um, Gordon rugby. Okay. For some reason, I 
Yeah. Oh, cricket, right? Yeah, he um he played so yeah, I'm second generation uh Gordon Pyre. But um yeah. yeah, I'm not sure how many games he played. He didn't play hundred games, but um he would have played at least sixty or seventy, I think. Um but yeah, so I've I've played a few more games than him, but yeah, he played in the I think it was the late seventies. I had an uncle who played as well. He played in the first group, first grade premiership side in nineteen seventy six. Played um, for Sydney, New South Wales. Glenn Nichols. Um, he was a wing. So um, yeah, not had the pleasure. So um, that's good to hear. Um, so just just wanted to get your your feedback. Like, so you've been Gordon a long time. What, how has Gordon changed over the years, and and for you, what makes the club such a big part of your life? What, what's the, what's unique, especially for our country people, like to to know? Yeah, so when I when I first started there, I think it was it would have been like 2012 or 2000 first year out of school. Like I wasn't first year out of school. I went to England and played cricket for a year, but um, the I suppose when I first started there, they were in the midst of their like financial problems. Um, they had financial yeah. problems for a few years, and they just didn't have like a big, a lot of numbers, if, if that's a word. Like they they just weren't um, financially stable, so a lot of guys had just left. Um, they didn't have those experienced players, and it's only really now that they it took probably five or six years till they almost got back to financial stability. Um, they're still not quite out of the woods like most clubs, but um, they're a lot better off. Um, and, yeah, I suppose it's, it's, it's a different club because it's got like a, a village a village feel. Like you, you get a lot of clubs, you get a lot of country guys or a lot of Kiwi blokes. Um, yeah. There's a lot of local, local people that play for Gordon that play from the age of, I suppose, 10 or 12 or 14 or whatever it is. But they all come from the area. Um, a lot of them come from the area. There are obviously guys from outside the area, but um, yeah, there is a lot of village feeling around. And if, if Gordon kept their kept their kids, they do uh, very well. Um, but yeah, what was the other part of the question? It was the no, it was just just um, yeah. Let know. Why, yeah. So why? So just let people know why. Why do you love Gordon so much? Is it just the people? Is it the feel of the club? What is it? Yeah, no, I suppose it's just a long um, traditional traditional club. Um, it's been around a long time, a lot of tradition. Um, when you walk out there, obviously, you know who you're for. Um, and just, yeah, the opportunity to be involved in a local club that um, I suppose puts back into the, into the community um, is probably the main reason. Um, you obviously make a lot of mates as well, um, meet a lot of people, Um and obviously get to know a lot of local area people as well. So, yeah, that's probably the main reason, the ability to, I suppose, play with your mates. Yeah. I mean, from an outside, like, you know, I spent a little bit of time there. But I know for myself, whenever I go to Chatswood, I especially love it when you guys win a game because the atmosphere after a win is, is very special there. And I love the bag types. That's certainly something unique to, to your club. So, yeah. anyway, that's good. Um, so just um, I don't know whether you, you know, but last couple of weeks I've been doing a focus on the Central Coast competition. Yeah. I know we had the uh, Margin Boys who are at the club. They came from the Central Coast. Am I right? Did they come from? I yeah. Which club now. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what club, um, but yeah, they're from they're from the coast. So is Joey Walton. Um, yeah. 
and a few of those other kids. There was probably like mm, six or seven of them in the years that Jack Margin came um, in Colts. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like Sam Franken as well, played a little bit of first grade um, and a few other guys as well. Um, so, but, yeah, Hugh and Jack are from the coast. Yeah, I think they, I think they might be terrible, if someone might correct me later. I know uh, Joey's from Warnervale, which is a yeah. fairly new club, only founded in 2003, I believe. Yeah, much- yeah, I really enjoyed that on the coast. Um, the, some good clubs, obviously, I played... I played three years up there, two years for Terrigal, one year for uh, Arimba, which was uh, yeah. which was good. Which is good for me, especially after being at Bathurst. So anyway, we'll move on from there. So mate, yeah. just uh, let's, let's just touch on a couple of issues. Like I, I don't really want to keep dragging it up, but maybe we'll make it the last time we talk about it. But your your views on the, the way it was handled with Raylene Castle? What, what, what's, what's your opinion on that? Um, I, th- I think, uh, like in those roles, you, you um, she walked in there in what, uh, December 2017. Um, she would have walked into pretty much a environment where she would have had a budget set for the next year. She wouldn't have been able to make too many decisions based on that budget. Um, then she sort of rolled out what she needed to do into 2018-19. And then we get to this situation where she's here. So in some respects, I think she's been a little bit unlucky. Um, she potentially um, doesn't have the support, obviously, of um, the past players. <laughs> she obviously doesn't. Um, yeah. But, yeah, in some respects, I think she's been unlucky. But um, so in those roles, I think you need probably three years before you can really understand, I suppose, what you need to do to um, push that forward. She the, Obviously, the younger systems are starting to do all right, the under-20s and things like that. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I think she, um, I don't know, the, th- the thing at the end was that she seemed to lose support of the board, which is not unusual in these circumstances, but um, it was a bit unfortunate the way it all happened. But um, yeah. I don't know, just hopefully moving forward, they find the right person for the role, I suppose, is the key thing is. Yeah, I, I mean, from my point of view, like I'll put my hand up, you know, I was probably one of the ones that probably went fairly hard on her. Um, and it was probably not really meaning to be personal, but I just believe she shouldn't have been given the job. Like, and she walked into a, like you said, a poison chalice after Bill Cooler, pretty much. Like, no one talks about him, but he left him in a pretty poor state when he walked out. Um, so it was, would have been a very hard gig and then she had to deal with the Israel Falau situation. Yeah, which I'm not sure she, if she had a time again, she would actually do that. But I don't know. Yeah. That's just my view. I think I yeah, think the next the next the next person who goes into that role is going to have to look at obviously the privatisation of Super Rugby clubs, um, which is a pretty difficult decision to make. There's a lot of people invested in, obviously the Waratahs and um, the Reds, etc. Um, the the Rebels have previously been down that option and it didn't really work. So um, they need to get it right, find some buyers. Um, give them, I suppose, a license um, and some conditions around why um, they're taking on that team and what what their requirements are. Um, obviously, for the greater good of the Wallabies and then um, and their underage programs, but then from there also um, take control of um, grassroots rugby and provide the investment that it actually needs, rather than obviously just leaving it without any money. So, 
and that really leads on to like you talk about the Waratahs and, and one of the like talking to a lot of country people they feel really disconnected and say so the clubs from the Waratahs I think that's something that's got to be fixed like the Waratahs have got to come back almost to um, club rugby in a way and get more connection because we don't most people in club rugby don't feel any connection anymore with the Waratahs and that's that's really hurt the game I believe I don't know what you think yeah, I think I actually think this could be a reasonable scenario for the game to obviously reset. But um, yeah. we're a lot stronger aligned with with our community clubs and um, than rugby league is, for example, um, and even AFL. I don't think we're competing too much with AFL at the moment, but we're obviously competing with rugby league. Um, but the ability to go back and Get, and have the support of those clubs and rebuilding rugby post post the virus is um is crucial um and obviously because the clubs have been going reasonably well although they could obviously be going better but um yeah with some investment um and the right options taken in the next couple of years I think we could almost end up in a better position anyway so yeah yeah we just see how it, how it pans out but I, you know I was something I'm very passionate about I think you know probably the last 15 years, I think country rugby being quite disrespected by the city. And that's something yeah. I think we've got to, got to get back. Yeah. Because, well, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, there's some great people in the country. So. I think, I think um, I'll tell you from a career example, I think when Bill Pulver obviously came out with that comment about um, pissing money up against the wall, but I think it's more about, as I said, investment into those clubs rather than obviously just handing them money. Um, it's about yeah. investing in facilities and giving them facility grants and um, coaching grants and things like that so that you uplift coaching, you uplift um, the facilities they are provided, give them, get them clubhouses so they can become self-sustainable and things like that so you can build infrastructure around those clubs to be there forever. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and like, you know, some of the Suits Hill clubs you know, have... have done good things by taking games to the country. Um, I know there was a – David Begg was talking at one point about aligning every Shooter Shield club with the country area. I don't know if that will still happen, uh, another new president, but um, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, let's get on to the – so they're, they're talking – so the last time we were told they're talking about July 25 for a Shooter Shield kickoff. Do you – you still reckon that'll be the date, or are things seem to be moving fairly quickly in the right direction? Yeah, well, uh, it seems like World Rugby have given a directive that um, four weeks is the minimum lead time. Um, and then, if you read the Australian Institute of Sport guidelines, um, they go from stage, I think it's A, to stage B, or stage C to stage B, or something, whatever way it is. Um, and that stage B involves 10 people um, at training, um, and it's non contact. Um, but you can play with a football. Um, so it wouldn't be four weeks from there. So I imagine on Friday, potentially that's next Friday, well, it sounds like they're going to move to that stage B. Um, yeah. And beyond that, it's going to be a weekly reassessment. So, I mean, it might end up being around that 12-week mark, but um, hopefully it's a bit sooner. I'd hope to see it a bit sooner. But... Yeah, it's just depending how much of an emphasis they place on. I mean, obviously, physical injuries are important, but I think at this stage it's more important. Um, obviously, the players' uh, welfare is important, but I think it's um, 
the main aim of the game is to get out back playing footy. So as long as the next four weeks they do some of that physical preparation in terms of um, uh, running and running loads, um, and then they can obviously in the last few weeks of their preparation do the physical contact needs of preparing for rugby. Um, hopefully they can get out there pretty soon. Uh, it, Phil Parsons did say it was a fluid date, so, yeah. Yeah, so I tend to think it could even be like I. I don't know. I kind of thought maybe the end of June we might be a show, um, but you know, as long as we get on the field, that's the main thing. I mean, it's going yeah. to be. In in some ways, I think a short term, a short. Well, he was still talking about sixteen rounds, so that's virtually a full season. So and yeah, I think uh, really late. I think he's um, he's been very um, decisive in in the fact that he wants to see as much rugby played as possible, which I think is the best way to go. I just think I just hope we don't wait around for um, for I suppose crowds. I mean, obviously crowds are are important, but at the yeah. end of the day, it's it's a, a competition that lets lets people play rugby. Um, it's not yeah. necessarily there to have crowds. Obviously, crowds are, are the best thing for it, but. Um, hopefully the crowds come back um, in the first few weeks of the competition if if they weren't allowed at the start anyway. Um, but it's just if we can find other revenue methods, um, that's, a, that's a good way to, I suppose, grow and develop as well. Um, but I can't imagine looking at the current scenario that we're not going to have some kind of limited crowd. Um, whether that, yeah, I think we'll just have to keep our distance and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Maybe uh, it'll hurt some of us that... You know, mate, no more handshaking, hugs, and stuff like that. But we'll have to, we'll have to just live with that. Yeah. Um, so my only query is, like, I know he's talking, he's trying to bring positive to it. But the thing is, if, if we're going to say, if we end up having a grand final in November, I can't see how we're going to have like four grades because it starts getting pretty, pretty warm in October. Yeah. So, like if you have a, if you have a grand, say you have a. Second grade or third, third grade kicking off at lunchtime in November for a grand final. It's going to be pretty bloody warm. It could yeah. become unhealthy. So I don't, I don't know how they're going to work around that. I mean, if it's if it's that big of a problem, I think um, if it's that hot, I suppose you'd, you'd potentially look at um, some nighttime finals. Obviously, um, so yeah. maybe even the Friday night you could play the lower grades if it's that important. Otherwise, yeah, just assess on I suppose what the weather is like at that time of the year. Um, but yeah, everything everything calls it's it's we're in uncharted territory. So um you know, <laughs> innovative. Obviously everyone wants to you just gotta make things happen. So you just gotta be positive and um try and find the best plan for it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean I, I know I've met Phil a couple of times, because um, he's Warringah president and uh seems like a decent guy. Um certainly in touch with uh Grassroots. I, I know from people who told me, like especially when Moringa went through the hard time with um, with the Ward family, that he was, he was very good for them. So you know, I think we're in good hands. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I yeah. think I think Moringa obviously um, have done a very good job in in sort of growing their their fan base over a number of years, and um, he's been pretty important for that in terms of keeping their bank balance healthy and um, keeping the club sustainable. Obviously, no club ever thought their revenue would drop to zero like it has in the last sort of eight to 12 weeks. But um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of clubs expend their um, their expenses are in the early part of the season and then they recoup them through, through match uh, gate and uh, canteen and things like that. Um, but 
yeah, that no club ever thought it would go to zero. So um, <laughs> they're better off than they were probably four or five weeks ago where they thought they were potentially might not have a season, might not get any gate revenue or anything. So Yeah, so we're looking – we're starting to look better. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, like, when you look at – so the interesting thing for me will be to see whether we end up with a domestic super rugby competition, um, which I think – Personally, I think that would be better possibly sending all those players back to club rugby, especially in Sydney, as well the players from Sydney, um, because that would make it a, a very strong competition. And they've, they've actually talked about that recently. Um, in that scenario, who, who do you think is favourite? I would think, well, obviously, uni would get a lot of... Uh, Probably not as many Super Rugby players as, as the past. But what do you think? I know your club would get Jack Dempsey. But um, what do you think about that situation? Who's, who do you think will be favourite? If, if they all played. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Uni, obviously, um, would be very strong. East, East would be very strong. I think they've got uh, nine or ten um, Waratahs. Yeah. But... Just depends if they let obviously the rebels play, and, and that, that changes the ball game a bit. Um, usually the Brumbies obviously go back to Canberra, um, but yeah, the, the rebels players change things a little bit as well. So um, yeah, I'd say Uni, East are um, yeah very strong. I just think they just got some, they're just gonna they're waiting for something to click, um, a bit of self belief I think, and they're not far off. So. Um, they seem to have had that core for about three or four years now. Um, and it, I think it's just, yeah, a bit like Norse in 2016. If something clicks, they could they could go all the way. Um, yeah. well, they, just, they just haven't found that that thing that clicks on the right day in the last, last few years, I think. So, uh, well, you never, never rule out Gordon with the great man in charge either. Yeah, no, they, oh, they, they, they are looking pretty strong. Them. Yeah, and I think... Um, I think, uh, yeah, if Dempsey obviously plays, Robbie Abel, um, Joey Walton's a year older. Um, but they are a shot. Like, it's, it's very advantageous to have professional athletes at the back end of the year. So, Robbie Coleman's another one. So, yeah, there's yeah, good players there. Yeah. And Joey, um, Robbie Abel possibly come back as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then you've also got Harrison Goddard um, as well. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I think he'll be looking to have a big year. Geordie Goddard as well. Um, obviously, coming back from the Rebels, um, he's been a professional contract for the last five or six years. So, you'd think he would show his class. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it'll be, be very interesting. Um, so, anyway, we'll, um, so just um, by way of sort of finishing off, we'll. Um, Obviously, I've been doing the Central Coast for the last couple of weeks. Um, I won't ask you, or I can ask you for a tip for a premier up there. Uh, terrible beat Gosford by a large margin in their grand final last year. Um, but it was an interesting one because Gosford actually upset the probably Arimba, who were probably the best team all year. And Gosford upset them in the preliminary final. Um, so. I'm thinking, I'm thinking perhaps a Rimba will bounce back and, and win it in 2020. 
Give us a give us a tip based on not much knowledge there, Rog. Arimba's uh, is that where Matt Hopkins coaches? Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And Adam, they had you know they had um, Adam Ashley Cooper came from Arimba and so did uh, Matt Carraro. Yeah, pretty strong club then. Um, yeah, he's pretty committed, uh, Matt. I've seen on the old uh, Facebook, uh, but um, yeah, I think they've got a, a reasonable side for the coast, obviously. So they seem to be doing pretty well. It'd be missed not to write them uh, to, to obviously um, not tip them at the moment. Um, it seems like he's been out there recruiting and things like that. So and obviously with Rossi's old man, he's not a bad coach as well. So um, yeah. helping him along the way, pull the strings up there. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say a room a rumba. Yeah, it's actually good it's actually a quite a strong competition. I know Hornsby have joined there in the last few years and have struggled, but they've got old Chip Carroll who used to be at yeah. the, the EMU coaching there. So I, I think I'd expect them to improve. I thought um I, I haven't heard from him lately, but I thought Sione Arla potentially was playing for Hornsby. So um he's played a lot of junior rugby there. So if you get a few of those yeah, boys, I believe so. Yeah. I think um I uh, remember, uh, what's his name, Tavita Piacala from yeah. Eastwood. He was going there, I believe. Yeah, him and Sione are cousins. It was a weird, weird year. They finished second last with two wins, but they had the second most bonus points of any team. So they lost a lot of games by four to seven points. And uh, so you'd think there's not a lot of improvement there to, to come and they could go up the ladder. So it should be a good year. Yeah, um, they got their clubhouse there. It's a good clubhouse. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, the final thing I wanted to just touch on is the obviously the 12th team they're talking about for the shoot shield, they're talking about possibly the emus coming back. But the, the one that interests me is the Newcastle, possibly the wildfires coming back in. What are your thoughts on that? Um, there's definitely some good players there. Um, that Hamilton side that um, Bubba, Bubba coaches, Bubba Coleman, um, is yeah. got yeah. some players I reckon that. Almost half of them could be part of at least part of a shoot shield squad, I would say. Potentially even more. Um, those they're regular starting members, I'm saying, but they'd do very well in second grade here, I imagine. Um, so add that with the other the other clubs around Newcastle. I think um, fitness levels are probably something that they'd have to improve on, but general yeah. ability, they they have some very good players. Um, it's just played a slow slow pace there, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think not only that they recruit as well. Um, they've been out there. They've been out there um, sourcing potentially. If this does happen, I know that for a fact. Um, so I think they'll be ready. And they, I can't imagine they'll get the blowout scores um, that Penrith did. I, hopefully, Penrith can get up as well. But. I don't know. It's just I can't imagine in this short time and time frame that they'd be able to pull together something immensely competitive. But I mean, hopefully they prove us wrong. But yeah, yeah. Well, make it hard when you're advertising for players, and obviously that's that's the problem. They had a lot of players left because they weren't there, and you know, I'd I'd like to see them back in. But definitely in Newcastle. I remember when I was playing in Terrigal toward the end of my career, and we. I played a game up against the Wanderers in Newcastle, and um, we won the game. But they were they were immensely physical. It was probably one of the most physical games I remember playing. They they didn't have much pace out wide, but 
when they got you in the forwards, you knew about it. So that that would be that would be something unique probably for the shoot shield guys is that that physicality would probably be good. Yeah, that's what I said. They, they just uh, I just don't think they'd play the game at immense speed that some of the shoot shield clubs do because they just don't do running loads that those clubs do. But um, yeah. hopefully, in uh, he's a good coach, Bubba. Um, in the six. Six to eight weeks they had potentially knowing that they would play, he'd just have to absolutely run them into the ground. But, um, and hopefully yeah. they can find the right three or four players that really make them competitive, um, and win a few games. Hopefully, so I think DC's brother, yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, he's a good man, brother. And no, he definitely he was a good player too. He's a good player, I remember. Yeah, his you look, you look at some, and, uh, you look at yeah. some of the players that are coming out of that region, um, and there is definitely the talent there. Um, what those old wild, wild yeah. teams like Tim Rapp and um, guys like that. Um, obviously, DC was part of that side. Um, like, there's plenty of players yeah. that have gone on and played a lot of first grade rugby in Sydney and, and rep rugby. Harry Johnson, Holmes, obviously Newcastle. Yeah. Andrew Tuala come from Newcastle. Court. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, no, there's been plenty of players. Right? It's a good, it's a pretty good competition. Um, the only thing I remember from up there, their fields are normally rock hard. So that's what they used to. I suppose they're just used to that. They get less rain than, than a lot of yeah. places. But um, that's been, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see there. But anyway, mate, that's, um, I really appreciate your time tonight. It's been uh, been good to chat. Um, anything else on your mind that you want to share before we we uh, Sign off. No, I just think I think it's um it's good from Phil Parsons in the fact that they're trying to take that game as deep. I mean, the season as deep as possible. I mean, they're just got to find like these situations. You just got to find a way um to get through the end of the season and play as much rugby as possible in front of crowds. That's I suppose the ultimate aim. Um, and hopefully as many as many grades as possible. So um, it'll be interesting to see that how they see the dynamic of it all. Um. Obviously, your main, your main uh, importance is, is your first-grade comp. seems like the first and yeah. second grade are the next most important comps throughout this whole scenario. But um, I know, for example, that a lot of those grades come up with cricket cricket issues after uh, from the start of September, basically. Um, so yeah. getting out there as soon as possible um, is, is pretty important. So hopefully we can get out there sooner. Um, because I think yeah, cricket's meant to usually starts the fourth week of September, and potentially they might be able to negotiate their own um, games on, for example, Chatswood, Manly, Coogee, North Sydney, um, and Jamoyne even. Um, so there's five grounds that are affected. I'm not too sure about uh, the other clubs. Uh, I don't think there's too much affected there. Uh, there's no real. Cricket, um, they're just mainly rugby grounds, but um, obviously each club's looking for grounds like crazy at the moment, training-wise and and um, after September-wise, I assume. So, right, right, yeah, yeah. Rat, the rats are fine, Souths are all good. Yeah, um, yeah, but the rest there'll be a lot of clubs. Um, Parramatta play at Lidcombe. I'm not sure. Do they play cricket on Lidcombe anymore? Do you know? No, they don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know yeah, if they could get it the whole year or not. But um, Milner, I think, is pretty pretty all right. They usually have um, some NRC there, uh, yeah. and then uh, who else is there? Um, Ramwick's obviously Coogee. That they'll struggle um, from 
Yeah, East usually, yeah. East usually right. Obviously, they had the NRC there last year, so uh, I've got no question yeah. the NRC is not going ahead. You'd think, but there was meant to be some this year. But um, and then uh, yes, yeah, Scouts is fine. Um, Manly would struggle. Rats, rats are alright. Um, and then North, yeah, would struggle a little. A little. Well, North, North and Gordon would be the main issue because. Like you could think, like Rats and Manly could nearly play alternate weeks at Rat Park if they had to. But, yeah. Um, North and Gordon would be a big problem. Yeah, that's 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 um, why it's important to get started yeah. as soon as you physically can. I think so. Um, yeah, hopefully Friday's a good announcement, and then we can get people back on the park, and then we can start to, I suppose, nail down the, the quickest start date. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we really appreciate your time. Um, just for the people out there signing off, just a reminder, the next couple of weeks I'll be doing the, uh, the clubs in Newcastle. Really enjoying just uh, promoting the clubs. I'm sure there's things, I know there's things I've found out about the clubs that I didn't know um, myself. Um, and I'm sure you know, it's good to, I just think it's a good thing to really join the community back together because people do have felt neglected. So, uh We'll certainly continue on that path. But anyway, Roger, really appreciate your time. Thanks for your insights and um, hope to catch that rugby very soon. No worries. All good. I'll catch you around the ground, Greg. Take care, mate. No worries. You too. Cheers. See you, mate. Bye.